If you struggled with any form of sin and felt defeated time and time again, this episode is for you. If you've ever experienced the weight of your sin, the guilt and the shame, and you feel like you can't move forward with your life because of it, then then this episode is for you. If you have ever believed the lies of the enemy about your identity, then this episode is for you. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Becoming Men podcast brought to you by TheBecomingMen.com. I'm your host, Ray Delanues, and this is the podcast for men on their masculine journey, men wanting to become the men that God created them to be. And so if that is you, my friend, you are in the right place. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Today, we're actually going to be sitting down with Dr. Terrence McLean. Now, Dr. Terrence is the author of the book, God Brought Me Through. And in that book, he actually discusses this this most powerful testimony of how God delivered him from a life of homosexuality. Now, what I want you to pay attention to, though, is how his testimony can directly apply to each one of our lives. It's like you could just copy and paste what he had gone through into every single one of our situations, because guys, if you're honest, we've all dealt with sin. We've all dealt with shame. We've all dealt with these weights that have held us down from our better selves all because we bought into some lie from the enemy about our identity. And so you're going to hear specifically what his story was, but I want you to pay attention what the Lord is speaking to you about his promises and about his goodness, as you'll see it in Dr. Terrence's life. Now, before we get into this week's interview, I want to ask you something. Did you know that this podcast is a product of Made to Reign Ministries. That's a nonprofit ministry with a passion and a mission to encourage and empower a generation of men to change the world. Now, we're only able to pursue that mission because of faithful men like you who have chosen to financially support us. If you've been blessed by this ministry whatsoever, I want to personally ask you to consider partnering with us by heading over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash partner. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com dot com forward slash partner. Dr. Terrence, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hey, I want to start off with a question that I actually haven't asked my guests in a while. And this was something that I had routine. And that question is this. If you can go back and speak to your 20 year old self for one minute, all right, you're going to disappear. So you only get 60 seconds. What would you say? I would just tell myself that greatest coming because you know, when I think about, uh, I'm 31 now and, uh, my younger self, maybe 2021, 20, I was just beginning to experience God, uh, in my life, uh, in a brand new way. And so at that time it was a lot of, uh, anxiety and, you know, I don't know what the future holds for me. So I would just say, you know, in a nutshell, greater is coming. Wow. That's good. And that, that actually only took you 30 seconds. So you'd just be staring at your 20 year old <laughs> self for, for a minute. I don't know if you'd like to slap him up on the side of the head or anything, but you, you have time for that too. <laughs> no, I would definitely, uh, you know, I'll probably explain a little bit more about the greatest coming because, you know, again, you know, when you're in your 21, 20 year old self, you know, there's a lot that you don't know, but you know, if you could just really hold on to the promises of God. You know, if, if God promised you something, he brought you out of something. Sometimes you, you know, you cleave to it, but you don't know what's coming next. And I think for me, if uh, if I could go back and, and do that, I would, you know, encourage myself that what God promised, he's going to bring the past. That's good. 
That's good. I, I think we get tied up in our early twenties and maybe you'd agree with me with mm, like things yeah. that are happening around us. Like they're so permanent when in all actuality, it's everything's so fleeting and everything is just starting. Right. Am I right? Or, or what? Exactly. You are right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I heard a quote saying, uh, you know, live in the day, but measure in the decade. And I am so grateful that I can look back a decade from now and know I am like a completely different person. Um, yeah, it's a completely uh, different person. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure you would say the same thing. And I actually, I want to, I yeah. want to get your story here laid out for our listeners yeah. to be able to, to learn a little bit more about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my story is, you know, really, I, I would say my story is a couple of things. It's one of deliverance. You know, I, I love what God brought me out of. And, you know, uh, it's one of hope. It is one of uh, just breakthrough and, and joy. And so all those things kind of like mixed in together. And so ultimately, you know, my that that's what my story is about. Yeah, yeah. Well, so if you can go back and just put us, you know, into the shoes of young Terrence, um, what was your upbringing mm-hmm. like? You know, what, what was, uh, what was that like? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a two parent household, praise God. And, um, you know, my father was not, it was not a believer and my mom, she was definitely a believer. She took me to church, you know, uh, I was a church kid, a church boy. I love church. I've always loved church. Um, And uh, I think, uh, you know, when I look back at my young self, you know, I I can see the anointing of the Lord, you know, over my life during that time. But of course, at that time, I did not know anything about it. And long story short, um, I grew up uh, with a lot of bullying. You know, I was very different. I'm the youngest uh, child of three siblings, um, only boy. Uh, and really only boy out of my uh, generation of, of cousins. So uh, got bullied a lot, uh, you know, for a lot of feminine characteristics and things like that. And I went through a lot of period where, you know, people spoke things over my life. And so uh, in my book that I wrote, I talk a lot about, you know, the words that you speak over people and the words that you speak over yourself. You know, if you begin to speak those words, those things begin to come to pass, you know, because life and death lie in the power of your tongue. So long story short, um, you know, people will call me gay, you know, homosexual, all kind of things. Um, and at some point, you know, around around the time of middle school and things like that, I, I began to start believing those things, you know, I really asking myself, you know, do I really, you know, like men? Um, and what does that look like? And so long story short, uh, in middle school is when I began to start uh Devil into a lot of sin, you know, I got into masturbation, I got to porn. Um, and then those things led to other things, you know, because when you do one thing, you always end up doing something else. Um, and so long story short, you know, I thought that my life would only be contained, you know, to me that my sins wouldn't affect or touch anybody else. You know, it was kind of a secret thing. Um, and long story short, uh, it ended up catching up with me um, around the eighth grade. And I had my first sexual experience with another guy um, at that time, and it really messed me up. Um, it put me in a very dark place. Um, it put me in a very lustful state, and uh, I didn't know what to do. Um, I, you know, like I said, I grew up in church, but the church that I went to at the time was not really open to uh, 
deliverance, you know, especially being um, out, outward, you know, and spoken. Um, so I knew that I couldn't, I wasn't in a space, a safe space to be able to tell anyone what I was going through or to even receive guidance. Um, and so I kind of kept it to myself, but you know, that put me in a dark place again, because I had to keep this big secret that I had, you know, only to myself. And so when I got and uh, the only thing that I knew how to do was to pray. So I pray, 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 you know, the thoughts and the feelings, you know, begin to go away and I think I'm good. But at the time I didn't really understand deliverance and I didn't really understand, you know, what it took to uh, get away from sins, you know, and when you open up doors for the enemy to uh, set up camp, you know, he doesn't just leave, you know, because he loves to gain territory. So in the 10th grade, um, I met a girl, uh, well, really at the ninth grade-ish, uh, at the end of my ninth grade, going to 10th grade, I met this girl who was also struggling with same-sex attraction, and we found um, comfort in one another, sharing. Um, so she was the first person I ever had told, you know, about that experience. And so unfortunately, she was not the right person to tell because it wasn't in a a, a, a godly way of like, okay, hey, this is what you're struggling with, you know, but, you know, we want to point you towards Christ. So in the 11th grade, um, I came out um, and, you know, I confessed that, you know, I was homosexual, I like men, and I began to, you know, date men, uh, talk to men, uh, things of that nature. And so... Um, so Dr. Terrence, I, I, if I could, yeah. if I could interrupt you there, because I think that's a, a yeah, good go spot to be able to look back. Um, cause in 11th grade, I figured you're about 17, 16 years old. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and so much 16, had happened yeah. from that first time when you were eight years old. Um, I want to go mm-hmm. back to something that you said about your upbringing and, and it's very interesting that you said, you know, your mother was a Christian, your father was not. And then that you were raised around, um, a lot of, you know, older, older girls, your sisters, and then out of all your cousins. You were the only uh, male there. Um, so you were, uh-huh. there's these words and things that were spoken over you. Can you just kind of mm-hmm. maybe let's put a microscope on that and just dive deep into the importance of words, those, what those words did, uh, to your, yeah, yeah. to your masculine heart. Yeah. Um, to my masculine heart. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, uh, what I always tell people is that you have to be very, very careful about the words that you speak. And again, you know, as I said that, you know, words really do bring life and death, you know, to a situation. And so even now, um, what happened then has really shaped me now to be very careful about what I say and what I declare over my life. Um, and it could be something like, oh, I'm going to die, you know, just something that we always say, you know, as, you know, American people, but, um, you know, that really destroyed my character. It destroyed, mm. uh, you know, who I was and it destroyed my complete self-esteem. So why would you uh, say that it destroyed your, that, your character? What, what do you mean by that? It destroyed my character because, you know, as a young uh, kid, you are building your character, you know. Mm. And so what it was, was it began to uh, give me an identity that I did not uh that I did not prescribe to. And so I bring up identity because I think that identity is very key to, you know, the world that we're living in now where, you know, we have the LGBT community. And so whatever you identify is what you become. You know, if I identify with the LGBT community, then I become and I begin to prescribe to characteristics and notions that are, that make up the identity of, 
someone who was in the LGBT community, but I was not, um, you know, prescribing and identifying with, uh, with Christ who has certain, you know, uh, things that God specifically says about who we are and how we should act and how we should behave and, and what makes us, you know, a son or daughter of God. And so yeah. rather than being um, spoken over as you are a son or daughter, uh, you are a son of God, you know, it was, you know, you're gay, you like men, you do this and you do that. Yeah. And so again, that begins to play with their mind. You know, you begin to question yourself. And again, you know, as a young person, you are very uh, moldable. And yeah. so the same would be true if if I were to have been encouraged in the Lord, you know, I would be developing uh, who I am. So it destroyed my character because it was developing and shaping who I was, even though that's not what I wanted. Right. Now, could you look back and during that time frame, uh, just you know, up until you're about 16 years old, where were the man, the men in your life, uh, who was speaking into your life, who was devoting time to, uh, initiating you as a young man? Um, I feel like the people that were really, um, invested in my life were women. Uh, okay. you know, my father was definitely uh prison, but not prison. You know, I think yeah. he was, you know, like most American fathers, you know, he, uh, his idea of being a man and being a father was to provide and work and things like that. So we didn't spend a whole lot of time. Now we did spend some time together, but it wasn't a whole lot. And I think because I was different, you know, my father didn't really know how to, you know, connect with me um, because me and my father are opposites in every way. You know, I, um, what we like and our interests are very, very different. Um, and our upbringings are very, very different. So, uh, I just felt like that he didn't really know how to connect with me as I got older. And so I had other people, you know, mainly women that, that were in my life, you know, and they were trying to instruct me how to be a man and how to do certain things. But, you know, there's limitations because God made everything in a specific way. You know, we all have a specific purpose, you know, as a man, I cannot do a lot of things that my wife does, you know, um, and vice versa. And that makes us complete and whole. But when you don't have that, you don't have the full picture, you know, you don't have all of the things, all the tools that you need. So, um, I felt like there were really no men in my life. There were a few men at church, uh, you know, that were, uh, teachers, um, and Bible study and things like that, that was speaking to my life. But those are very, very few. And those were only in pockets of time. Right. Yeah. And, you know, actually, I was speaking to somebody today where I was describing to them that that natural uh, thing that we get from women, you know, we get empathy primarily from the women in our lives. We get that that love and affection. Generally, generally speaking, uh, we learn that from the women in our lives. And those things are, are very important. But at a certain point, you you find the end to that and and there's kind of like a gap and and you need that that men men that manly figure in your yeah. life to yeah. to bridge that exactly. gap and then to take you under their under their uh instruction and to uh apprentice you in the way uh, yes. you know I, i've read a book about the lakota indians and how it really a lot of the times we actually completely have this mixed up lakota boys spent most of their childhood up until about age nine or 10 with their women learning 
how to be strong and powerful, but also empathetic and gentle. And then once they got to about that age where they can, you know, go out there on hunting parties maybe and and play minor roles um, and helping with Mm -hmm. the collecting of animals or whatever it is, they would go out there and then they would be starting uh, to to become fathered by the, by the men uh, in their community and their tribes. And, you know, pointing to a bigger part of that, uh, of that story and, of our story is that it takes a tribe to raise a young man. And I'm not just saying like a young man who's between the ages of eight and 16. I'm talking about a 20 year old, a 25 year old, Mm -hmm. a 30 year old. Like if you don't have a tribe around you, it is really easy yeah, to start wandering by yourself from one grass field yeah. to one, from one prairie grass to another, like a wandering cow, just feeding, getting your yeah. belly full, but never really getting anywhere. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. You know, I always say uh, I use the analogy of the lion and the zebra. You know, when the zebra is with the pack, you know, he's very strong because you know, the lion can be confused by the stripes of the zebras. And so what the lion does is it tries to uh, single out, uh, you know, uh, that one zebra that's lagging behind so that it can devour him because he knows that if he comes for the pack, you know, he going to get stomped. You know, there's only one lion to, you know, 20 to 50 zebras. And so it's kind of the same thing, you know, where he tries to, get you by yourself and get you off and then you know he devours you and so because you don't have the the community to support you 100 percent. so dr mm-hmm. terrence i i want to also go back to something else that you said uh, about your experience yeah. in the eighth grade you said that 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 sexual experience messed you up now why yeah, is it that me it messed me up because um you know i at the time, I didn't know, but it, it's kind of like when you have innocence and your innocence is exposed or, you know, um, you dive into things that you should not be diving into um, at a certain age or at any age, really, to be honest. But um, and so it captivated my mind um, in ways that I had never seen before. So, um, you know. At that point, I began to like think about me constantly, you know, in a sexual way. Um, and it was like I couldn't stop thinking about it. And on the other end, there was this, you know, the the conviction that this is not something that I'm supposed to be doing. But I could feel the darkness, you know, I could feel the evil of what I had done. Um, you know, it would be. I don't want to say equivalent, but it would be like, you know, if you murder someone, you know, you don't get happy about that. Like there's a darkness, you know, that comes over you. Um, and anytime you step into any type of scene, it doesn't matter, you know, what level we think it's at or whatever. You begin to tread into uh, to areas where you are in the enemy's territory. And yeah. so for me as a young uh, 14-year-old, going into something like this, you know, I could feel that, that, that there, this wasn't the spirit of God. Like it was something else and it was something deeper. And so, um, I didn't know what to do, uh, other than, right. I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. 
So I want you to pick back up with the story uh, and you left off by saying that, you know, you had confessed this sin to your family and then you kind of just started to live out this thing that you had kept a secret for so long. This, you know, these self-fulfilled prophecies that you manifested in your life. So go Mm -hmm. ahead and pick up from there. Yeah. um, And so uh, when I got ready to go to college, I was really excited because you know, I thought to myself, okay, this is my opportunity to live out the life that I've, uh, you know, wanted to live, you know, because even though I had confessed and professed to be uh, homosexual, uh, you know, I still was under the the covering of my parents who didn't allow me to just do any old thing. And I praise God for that. But um, so I got ready to go to college and I always say that the Holy Spirit set me up. <laughs> the Holy Spirit set me up because I thought <laughs> that, that I was going to live my life, but God said not so. So when I got to college, I immediately connected with other people in the LGBT community because I believe, you know, like spirits find like spirits. And, you know, it's like if you smoke, somehow you always end up meeting people and being friends with people that smoke and you don't know yeah. that they smoke. Yeah. You just find out later but it's those spirits that they like spirits. They find like spirits. So I found a lot of people in the LGBT community. I, uh, you know, began to be comfortable, but I knew from my upbringing that I need to be in church. So I, I decided that I wanted to go to church. And, um, when I got to, uh, I was looking for a church and I found a church and it, it, uh, their tagline was the powerhouse of deliverance. And so, you know, when I saw that, it was very intriguing to me. And I was like, OK, well, that sounds great. You know, I love the idea of deliverance, but not thinking deliverance was going to be for me. Um, and so in my first semester, I mean, wow, I had never heard preaching like this. I had never felt the power of the Holy Spirit in a way, in the convicting way, you know, where it wasn't like you're going to hell, but it was like, you need to get right with the Lord. You know, he's serious about what he's saying. And um, the relationship with God, you know, the love of God, you know, it compels you to keep his commandments as he says in his word. I mean, and it was convicting me. And it was like, every time I would hear the preach word, it was like, I just wanted to like scream because it was like fire shut up in my bones, you know, like he, uh, the, the word would come and it would just convict me. And, you know, I felt the Holy Spirit say, it's time, you know, your time is here to, to give your life to me. You know, it, your time is here for you to begin to live out the purpose and the calling of God that I have on your life. Your time is near, but I knew, I knew what that meant. And it meant that I had to turn over some things, mainly one specifically was being, you know, uh, uh, in the LGBT community. So um, that was a crazy experience um, in itself. So by the time I got to my uh, the end of my first semester of my freshman year, I was ready. I wasn't ready initially, but God was doing a work on me. You know, he was working on me. He was working on me. And by the time I got to the end of my semester, I was like, I think I'm ready, you know? And so as I was traveling home, you know, I gave my life, you know, to the Lord. And it would be nice for me to say that that was the end of my story, but it wasn't. If you're anything like me, 
You've dreamed of being known as a resilient and confident Christian man. And maybe you've even wished that you can finally become more faithful and more disciplined. But after trying so dang hard, you still don't see any lasting change. And so you feel discouraged. You feel ashamed. I get it, man. When I was actually in my early 20s, I felt like I was missing the mark on manhood altogether. And I used to long for a clear roadmap, something that would just show me the way, give me some kind of direction and to just show me how to be more focused, more strong, more resilient. But if I'm honest, all of that was just a wish until I finally took action and found a life coach. Because ultimately, every man needs a coach, somebody that's there in his corner, somebody that can actually call out the goodness in him when he doesn't even see it in himself. That's why I'm giving away an entirely free coaching session right now. You're going to be able to chat with me and be able to work through some of the stuff that has been bogging you down, some of this stuff that has been keeping you from becoming the man that God has created you to be. All you have to do is head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching and sign up for your totally free coaching call today. And you know, I think that that's the beauty of the story that the Lord has allowed me to have is that I don't have a picture perfect story. I'm not going to be one of those people that tell you I got delivered. That was the last, that was the end of that. No, my story is messed up, is tore up from the floor up, you know. And um, that same day I gave my life to the Lord, I got caught up with another guy. Um, and this guy happened to be actually... Uh, in my life, maybe a month or two before this happened. So you just have to be very careful because the enemy is not playing with you. Like yeah. he don't just show up out of nowhere. He been trying to get up in there, you oh, know? Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't recognize that at the time, you know, it's just some random guy came in my life. He was like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, Oh, Hey, you know, he was just asking me about the weather, how I was doing, you know, didn't think anything of it. So right in that moment, you know, I confess to God, I get a message you know, from him and long story short, things progressed. And we ended up, you know, getting together and doing tomfoolery that I do not like to, you know, put out there for the protection of the viewers and the listeners. Uh, So I ended up getting caught up with this guy. And interestingly enough, the Holy Spirit began to convict me like, "Mm, you know, you just gave your life. And I said, oh my God, I got to call my friend. Now, what I didn't tell you was that I had this friend in in uh, high school and she would always come to me and she would say, Terrence, the life that you live in, which was, you know, in the LGBT, she said, that's not the life that God has called for you. Wow. That's not the life that God has for you. That's not your portion. And I didn't really know what to say. I was just like, okay, like, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> And so when I got in this situation, I said, I got to call her. So I called her and she walked me through it. She was like, you know, this is the enemy. She was like, this is how the enemy works. And after, you know, some good counsel with her, I ended the things with, with that young man. Um, and because I felt that my, my vow to the Lord, I was serious what I said to the Lord, but I was still weak, you know? Um, and so I let that situation go. And unfortunately I got caught up in another situation. Yeah. But that one was different because that was me being, not being wise. And that was a good lesson for me to 
to learn that not everybody has your best interests in mind. Um, and you have to be careful who you confide in because, you know, some people have ulterior motives and different intentions. And that's not 100%. everyone, but you just have to be wise. Um, and when I got ready to go back to school my second semester, you know, I said, you know what, I messed up a lot just from the moment I said that I was going to uh, give my life to the Lord. And now I'm serious about this thing. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, if you make one step, brother, right. And that's what he told me. He said, Terrence, if you make one step, I'm going to make two. Wow. And that was what I needed because I honestly did not have anyone. I didn't have anyone to help me. Of course, you know, my pastor helped me in more ways than they will ever know, you know, just by preaching the word. But as far as walking with me, there was no one. Yeah. I had to completely 100% rely on the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't know anyone that had ever been successful. So thus I began to walk with the Holy Spirit. If I were to take one of our fellow young Americans in uniform and drop them off in a combat zone, you know, and, and say, you know, one of those guys that we just get right from boot camp and say, go figure it out. That would be 100% like abuse of authority. And I would be absolutely relieved of my duties as a United States Marine Corps officer. Right. Because what I'm doing is I'm sending an ill-equipped young man into the war zone without knowing tactics and techniques against the enemy's onslaught. And that's that's exactly what happened. Can you talk about that a little bit more? I use that analogy quite often about, you know, being the difference between being ready and being prepared. You know, you may mm -hmm. be ready to go to war, but you are not prepared. There are certain things that you need to learn and that you need to go through before you can be ready to enter into a battlefield that you have no idea what you're getting into. You know, you're just ready to fight. You're just ready to get out there. You're ready to jump into that relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're ready to wow. be married, but you're not prepared. Wow. You're ready. Um, you may be ready for war, but you're not prepared. Yeah. Because you could be ready, equipped with a rifle, your flak jacket, your Kevlar, all of the gear that they give you when you show up right on base, but your butt is not prepared to see what is going to be out there. And, and you know what? You, you actually highlighted this exactly. very well. Like the enemy didn't like start working once you yeah. said, Holy spirit, yeah. you know, Hey, I give my life over to you, Lord. And you know, I'm done with this. That's not when the enemy was working. He was working long before that to put somebody in your way at the right moment at the opportune time. I think so many of us forget that, that we're not like, we're not fighting a enemy that's like in tight, red uh, spandex with a pitchfork and like little <laughs> ears, right? And like, oh, no. I'm going to get him. Like, no, like he's crafty. He's been lurking and doing this for thousands he's of years. He's been doing it. I mean, he was with the word. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. So he know, he, he know a little something. <laughs> he knows. He, yeah. He can quote <laughs> he the word. That's the for word. sure. And you know, I also know the word, but he can't live it. That's all. Oh, that's good. Cause there's no power. And, and actually something that you said, Dr. It. Terrence, you said you were serious, but you were weak, right? Like I so many weak. young men are serious about dying for their country, 
but they're weak in their understanding. And, and what I heard when you said that yeah, really is that the spirit within us is willing, but the flesh, flesh. that we are living in right now, me and you, yeah. <laughs> this is weak. Yeah. <laughs> this is weak. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just, uh, just let's dissect that a little bit more. Um, I, it seems like that really reeked some havoc in your conversion story, because it would have been awesome for you to end your story 10 minutes ago by just saying you accepted the Lord after your first semester in college. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. But that's not the case. Yes. Uh, the enemy actually, I mean, one thing that that was really well done by my pastor and my church was really teaching me about spiritual warfare. There was a lot of things that I did not realize and now I did not recognize about the spirit and what happens in the world that is unbeknownst to us that we have no idea that we can't see, you know, um, and hear with our natural ears and, and see with our natural eyes. But there were many things that I did not know. Um, and so because of that teaching, you know, I knew first, if I really want to be free, I need to surround myself with people that are like-minded, you know? Um, so I began to get rid of anybody that was from, you know, in my LGBT circle or anybody that supported me being an LGBT. And they may not have been LGBT themselves, but they supported me. And that was what I did not need. I had someone that said, Terrence, you don't need to be uh, different for anybody else. You just live the life you live. But if I were to ask them, would you want your uh, son to be gay? They would tell me no. But you want me to be able to live my life. That's a whole nother story for another day. But wow, that's good. So I removed myself from those people because I didn't need anything pulling me back. You know, like I said, I was weak. And I um the second thing, well, really the first thing is that I had to understand where I was. I was weak. Yeah. I was not strong enough. So I do not need to be a fool. Yeah. That was critical because it really, it really helped me to guard myself a lot more because I knew I wasn't, I wasn't ready. So, you know, I couldn't go into areas. I knew that, okay, is this the best area or decision for me to, to do right now? Can I handle this? No, I cannot handle this. So I wouldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, so understanding that and removing, you know, people from my life that didn't need to be there diving into and connecting with the believers for people to strengthen me and then you know walking out and I did end up finding a group of brothers we had a Christian fraternity on my campus and so that was what I needed I mean it elevated me I mean God it was like it was like compound interest you know like when you put something in the uh in your like uh your bank and you have compounding interest you get double more than what you put in. And it was like, all God needed was me to do was just put in just a little bit. And baby, he was going to compound. Wow. God, dog, that's good. Wow. So I just put in a little bit. And I told you, I made that one step and God made two. You see? Yeah. So it was, I got into that, that Christian fraternity and it was like, pow, pow, pow. I mean, like my spiritual life, my spiritual vitality, it was just like, it was booming. And people was like, oh my God, you've been running for Jesus all your life. And I'm like, actually, no, I only been running for Jesus for the past, you know, six months, you know, but it was like, God gave me everything that I felt that I lost, you know, that the enemy took from me. You know, I say, you know, people say, I want everything that the devil stole from me, baby. I don't want what he stole from me. He can have it. I want some new stuff. Ooh, that's good. That's good. So Dr. Terrence, what was it about that fraternity of men? Yeah. 
bringing you guys together, you know, for, for really, you know, that bonding and fellowship that was going to happen. What was it about oh that? That God. was such a game changer. It was a game changer. You know, I will always, you know, uh, accredit that fraternity for, it was a saving grace for me. You know, God placed that fraternity in my life. And so we did Bible study, you know, we had fellowship. Uh, that fraternity is the reason why I'm able to speak to you today. Um, so a part of wow. our pledgeship, we had to tell our testimony. I had never told my testimony up until that point. I had only, uh, you know, kept it to myself. So I had never told my testimony. And the first person I told, and I remember his name and his face. And when I told him, he began to praise God, you know, and I, that meant everything to me because if he had not praised God, I probably would not be where I am telling my testimony because wow. You know, I was expecting rejection, like, oh, my God, like, you know, you know, for him to reject me. But instead, he said, praise God. And that gave me what I needed. And from that moment forward, I began to tell people, I said, Brother Ray, let, what's your name? And I would say, you would say, Ray. And I said, well, let me tell you about uh, what God's done for me. I'm talking about I was crazy. Wow. <laughs> Love it. Anybody that would give me an opportunity to listen, let me tell you what God did for me. Yeah. He brought me out of homosexuality. And that and and it was like, whoa. That's what the enemy doesn't realize. Whenever we get the power of the Holy Spirit inside yeah. of us and we get to turn our mess yeah. into a message, right? Because if you're, if you're not willing, if you're yes. not ready to tell that testimony openly, you're not done healing. But when, when the yeah. enemy, the enemy doesn't see is that when we get to turn that mess into a message, you just created a Bible preaching, Holy Spirit filled man who is now going to yeah. turn all your works around and ha ha yeah. joke is on you. Yeah buddy. Yeah. I love that. So you, I, go ahead. Yeah. Dr. Tennyson, I guess I just want to go ahead and bridge, bridge the gap, you know, because where you are today yeah. is totally yeah. different, right? So uh, we just so were speaking different. before you, you're married, you have a daughter, Yeah, you know, so let's, let's bridge the gap between you being able to, yeah. uh, to walk in this freedom and now living this yeah. life and sharing your testimony in the ways that you have with your books and, and with your ministry. Yeah. So I've been delivered now for 13 years. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, so, and it has definitely been, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs. And, you know, I went through a, a big section of my life where I had to, I didn't have the courage <laughs> to believe in the promises of God, you know, because it, it really does take courage to, to trust in God's word. It takes faith. But it also takes courage because, because I don't want to be let down. Yeah. I don't want to believe in something that may not come to pass. So yeah. it takes faith, but it also takes courage. And so, you know, at the time I thought, you know, my story, my story is complete. You know, God delivered me from this and that is going to be my story. That's what I tell people. But, and when I was eight years old, go back. I would sit and reminisce and say, I want to be married. You know, I want to have kids. I want to, you know, be a father. And when I got ready to, you know, explore and delve into being homosexual, 
I knew, I remember debating with myself, like if I decide to be with men, what I was thinking about as an eight-year-old is no longer, it's not going to happen for me. Yeah. Um, and so then fast forward, thankfully my church, thank you, Jesus. I had people to speak into my life and they would say, Terrence, you know, God has somebody for you. Now, I don't think you should just be going and saying that to everybody because some people, you know, God doesn't, you know, their portion is not to be married. But people spoke into my life and they, and uh, prophecy had went forth one day. And this lady, she said, Terrence, you know, there's one thing you are very grateful for what God has done in your life. But there is one thing that you want that you have not wanted to ask him for because you don't feel like you should ask him for this. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to be married. Yeah. But I didn't want to say that because I felt like you've done enough. Like, I don't need to continue to ask things for you from you. But as I went and I told you earlier before we started the thing, you know, sometimes God just wants us to cry out. Baby, I just want you to ask. Yeah. You have now because you ask now and because you don't have the faith and the courage. But I thank God Amen. that he gave me the faith and the courage. And I said, Lord, I want to be married in a year. Bam. I'm not playing with you. One year from that day, I met my wife. <laughs> we, uh, we started dating two weeks later and we got engaged a month after that. So, um, and, you know, I made sure I was like, you need to know my testimony because this is who God made me to be. And she is 100 percent perfect, you know, with my testimony. And she agrees with me. Her family, you know, agrees with me. And it's just like God will do things for you. I don't have to hide and be like, well, no, this is right. not what I used to be because I want to save face because I don't want to embarrass, you know. And that yeah. is something that I have to think about, you know. But, you know, my wife is a warrior, you know. She uh, supports me and God has given me a family and a, and a group of people that have been able to come around me to support me in uh, who God has made me to be and what he's called me to do in this season, in this time of life. And so what he has for me is a powerful ministry uh, with those that struggle with same-sex attraction and those that do not. Because, you know, um, you can listen to my story and know that deliverance is for you. Baby, deliverance is your portion. You don't have to uh, live a life that's always weary and heavy laden because he said, come to me, those that are heavy and weary, weary uh, and heavy laden. You know, he said, I'm going to give you the rest. That's he right. said, but you got to come to me for me to give you the rest. And some of us not coming to the Lord and we wonder why we tired and we wonder why we don't have the rest. It said, God said that he is going to give you the rest, but you got to seek first the kingdom. You see, yeah. you got to seek him first and then everything else is going to be added to you. All I had to do was give my life to the Lord that one step. And he began to, I mean, I'm talking about begin to do a new work. So when I go back to say my younger self, I say greater is coming. That's because it. greater is yet greater is yet to still come for me now. But greater is coming. And when I look back at myself, sometimes I just want to shout because I know where the Lord really brought me from, like that dark place. You know, that place yeah. where I was like, I'm at the beginning, you know, of my journey of, of a new life, you know, and the Bible says you're a new creation. He gives you all things become new when you get with the Lord. So when you get with him, all things become new. So I'll just encourage whoever's listening to this, that when you get with God, baby, he makes the difference. When you get with Jesus, he makes the difference Amen. and all things will become new in your life. 
Amen. Dr. Terrence, where can uh, people go ahead and connect with you? Where can they get your book? How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, um, you can uh, follow me on social media. Uh, my Instagram is uh, McLean. Um, it's M-C-C-L-A-I-N. And then it's M-O-F for Ministry of the Faith. Uh, you can also uh, find me online um, as well. If you go on Instagram, it's in the link. Um, but if you type in McLean Ministries uh, of Faith, that is also online as well. And then you can order my book, God Brought Me Through, uh, via Amazon or Barnes & Noble Bookstore, or uh, you can even find it on Apple Books. 